0: episode of Nerdcaster. I'm your resident Nerdcaster Joe, and with me again is Lori.
1: Hello. Um, On today's episode, we'll be covering the Nintendo Switch, which drops on March 3rd um, globally and available in the U.S. for $299. Again, a Nintendo price point that they like to keep when they release new consoles. Um, And we'll be covering a few different, um, you know, maybe some new releases that are coming out with the game and, you know, kind of our thoughts and opinions on that. So to start off with, um, I think the marketing for this sunk console has actually been a little bit confusing. It's uh, been terrible. It's been terrible. Um, you know, with some of the knowledge that I've even just put in just to look into, you know, what the console offers and, and, and you know, pretty much what's shipping out with it. Um, nothing really super clear. You get the idea. Of what you're well, getting. Well, but.
0: What is this? Is this a, a mobile gaming unit that you can plug into your TV and play with friends and and play on a TV? Or is this a home console that you could take on the road with you and then play with friends and everything on the road? Um, I, I don't know the way that it makes it look to me that this is a home console you can take on the road and it becomes a tablet that you can use and, and, and whatever. But after reading more about it to me, this looks like a mobile unit that is probably more mobile to use than than in your home because the power of this unit and by power I don't mean the actual physical electricity going to it but the the internals of it are already old the the chipset in here from Nvidia is is already old and again m- because this is so confusing maybe I'm wrong there maybe it's not old but more so on the articles that I've read, the, the chipset in this thing is old, which to me makes it more of a mobile gaming unit. It does not have the same power as the uh, P- PlayStation 4 or Xbox One.
1: I would say, though, just traditionally, Nintendo's never put up the hardware that those systems have. You know, just they've never published they or they've never produced a system that was on par with those systems. Hence, like, the lower price point. And their target market, like, you have... PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, you have the, that audience. They're your your bread and butter. They those are the, you know, the gamers that are usually, you know, tried and true. They're going to spend a lot of money on a console because they will spend a lot of money on games. I think Nintendo, Nintendo's kind of has its own, you know, it's not not that it's a niche market, but they're more like general public, like this general admission. Um you can get a console for, you know, pretty cheaply. And, you know, something, you know, for parents to buy their kids and something for, you know, teenagers like, you know, working at those part time jobs. It's something that they can actually afford to buy themselves,
0: I guess. And I don't disagree with you, but the NVIDIA chip that's in there, why didn't they just wait and release it with the new chipset?
1: It could be expense. I it mean, could just it would have because I from what I've read, um, pe- the people over at Nintendo, they did not want to release a system that was going to be more expensive than three hundred dollars. OK. And something else that I read is that the, when they released the Wii U, they actually, the production cost, they released the system at above pretty much what their cost. Or So I think the system released for $300. It cost more than that to actually have the, the console made. They were really depending on the Wii U titles to make the money.
0: Mm-hmm. And I don't think that worked real well.
1: Not especially and and, um you know, from what also what I've read in two thousand and fourteen, Nintendo had some pretty big losses um you know, and a lot they lost a lot of their market share to mobile games, so whereas you have p s four and Xbox players who are going to stay on those systems for years and buy games for the systems for years, Nintendo being so you know general admission esque losing to iPads and other tablets and cell phones because they're replicating very similar experiences on true mobile devices yeah i
0: i i and before we go any further i do want to say that the switch does intrigue me i'm just aggravated at nintendo for making this confusing to me um i will eventually get this i am not a day one purchaser of any system any console or anything i i've uh in that bullet and paid dearly for it on multiple occasions and we ain't doing it again but back to the conversation at hand you're right Nintendo definitely uh, appeals to a, a, a younger audience I'd like to, to say I mean you you don't get as many graphically um, crazy games and by graphically I mean uh, blood and, and gore uh, that the Xbox and PlayStation may offer um, that Nintendo normally doesn't at least not since the old days of Nintendo when they were the only system around. I just would like to know. To me, Nintendo doesn't even know what they have. It's like, yes, this is a hybrid system. Okay. Wonderful. What does that mean? Does that mean you are a mobile gaming system that can be used as a home console? Or are you a home console that can be used as a mobile system? It's a hybrid. No, 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 no. (laughs) What is your main marketing here? Because from the marketing I see, and this this is my other thing, because this marketing to me is so bad, somebody needs to get fired. I want a clear, concise answer to this because you have the 3DS that's out there. Now, are you trying to take away from the 3DS market, but you don't want to say anything yet because the 3DS is still doing pretty well from what I understand? Or... Are you a home-based system, but you don't measure up, so you don't want to say that either. You know what I mean? I don't
1: know if that's exactly the angle that they're taking. I mean, they've said that the 3DS still has a long life in front of it, so they're going to probably continue to release games for that.
0: Is that because there's already third-party people who are developing for it and they don't want to piss them off?
1: It's it's possible, but they also has said they also have said that this isn't a replacement for Wii U. So again, as far as like what's confusing marketing, they're definitely being kind of confusing. So it's just like, well, it's not replacing the Wii U. It's not replacing the three Ds. Um, what? Well, is it just something like, they're intending that you have all three to get? You know, to get the experience that you want. In which case, um, you know, but maybe they're, you know, it could be that the Switch is an experiment. If you look at what Nintendo has done in the last, like, 20 years, I mean, they've kind of innovated everything in traditional console gaming. So, I mean, being, like, pretty much one of the very first.
0: Innovated or gimmicky?
1: I don't think it's gimmicky. So, like, everybody, when the Wii came out, it was like, oh, the motion controls, that was gimmicky. Oh, like, Wii Sports, gimmicky, gimmick. But everybody loved it, and it. It's not a perfect product off the gate. It's never, you know, Nintendo doesn't really release perfect products. But they, you know, you have to admire them a little bit for taking the leap into doing something completely different. You know, they could have just published an upgraded Wii U system and called it like Wii U 5 or something. Something that, you know, like Xbox and PlayStation love to do. They just, you have upgraded systems. There's nothing that truly changes about these systems. But you get a more powerful system. You get better games. You get, you know, maybe not even better games. You get newer games. With Nintendo, it's like they're changing. They're con- they're constantly trying to change what the gaming experience actually is. And I admire that. I might not agree with it. I might not like it or, you know, think that it's really annoying. But I still admire them for actually trying to do something like that. And they're not trying to stay completely middle of the road all the time. You know, something that aggravated me when I played... um Skyward Sword for the for the Wii U. I'm sorry for the Wii. And um, those motion controls and like to you had to do things. Your arm was kind of hanging in the air for like a long time to really control something that you had to get. Like
0: flying that dumb
1: bird. It, it was it was a bug. It was like a beetle. Whatever that. But hell, yes, was. Um, that got really annoying after a while because it's like okay, well, this isn't a game I can play for six seven hours straight if I have to continually to do things like that. So that I found kind of aggravating not something that i would say is like but you know the novelty of it yes it's it, it's kind of a novelty but you know again like i kind of admire them for it
0: i'm not saying their their innovativeness and i put that in air quotes is isn't admirable but is it what people want or are they trying to force something down people's throats to be like hey look at this new thing we're doing it's really cool because we say it's cool here try it where's the feedback like
1: well, here's, here's something also that comes from Apple's methodology. Steve Jobs always said when he produced the iPad, everyone thought he was just the craziest person in the world. I mean, But you look at the tablets now, where they've come since the iPad is released. And he said, you know, he goes, nobody wants this. He was told nobody wants this. You have an iPhone. You have these smartphones. Like, why would you want this? It's, it's ridiculous. And he's like, I'm not in the business to give people what they want. I'm giving – I'm in the business of giving people, you know – something that they need but they don't know that they need it yet and that is kind of that was the difference but look at what it's done for apple
0: look what's done for apple do you need to use two controllers as fists for a fighting game do you need to flap a wemo in the air to make something fly it's, i mean it's no not i a mean, need in a video game world he's looking at it as a business sense and in the business world you don't need the ipad you could use a laptop The need is that it's a lighter device that can do similar things. A laptop by no means is an iPad at that point in time as good or as powerful as a a laptop. And I see what you're saying with Nintendo, and I agree. But the issue I come across is, does Nintendo research enough for this fatigue thing like you said? And what do they do to combat that? Or is it just like, eh, they'll they'll get used to it and, and that'll be the end of it? It's like, but now you're lessening the playtime of what people are doing.
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, I can completely see that. But at the same time, it, it's, you know, it's not a perfect product. It probably won't be. The next system that comes out, Is you know, will be something that's a little bit closer, I think, to a better mobile console, or, you know, kind of hybrid experience. If that's the way that they're going to go ultimately. Or are
0: they going to do something completely different and then have to start all over? Because I feel like the Wii, this Switch is starting all over from, like, the Wii. Where they had the motion controls and everything back then, and while it worked out well in the beginning, it it did fade off. And now look at at the Wii U. Most people end up hooking up a a third-party controller, or in case of the Smash Brothers game, they hook up the old-school GameCube controller to play. Or they go out and buy the Wii U Pro controller, whatever it's called.
1: It could be that they end up going in that direction, but again, like they have completely tried, you know, they've went out and, and fucking, you know, just, excuse me, um, (laughs) did it. Um, and, and again, I can't fault them for it. I really, you know, I know that it looks like, why am I going to drop $300 on kind of like an imperfect product, but I would say the utility of it as it stands now, you can just pretty much take your tablet like device on the switch, um. Walk around your house and play, kind of like the Wii U gamepad, but in a different way. So with the Wii U gamepad, you had you know, um, you had an extra feature to it. You could look at you know two different things at the same time if you had it plugged into your TV. Um, for example, when I played Wind Waker, um,
0: the bottom screen was like a map or something, right.
1: Yeah, the the gamepad had displayed a map on it, displayed a few other things that I I think that would have been just a little bit more annoying to toggle back and forth in my main screen to my map to, you know, kind of things I need to do. It it was convenient. But that was something that was completely under-marketed with the Wii U. And they made that mistake in their marketing of that console because that was um, kind of what the Switch is right now. People were assuming the Wii U was that, you know. So it's like the Switch is kind of taken. It's like, okay, well, well, maybe. It's like everyone expected the Wii U to be a certain thing. And it wasn't. So maybe the Switch is that certain thing that people assume that it was.
0: Or did they make the same mistake and it's what people are assuming it's going to be. And I'll, I'll explain that in a second. And it's going to go down that same path as the Wii U. Now, if anybody has seen the, 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 Wii, uh, the Switch commercial, and I don't know if there's been one out since, where this, this kid is like playing, uh, I believe he's playing the new Zelda game. And he gets up and walks out, gets on a bus, and he continues to play now on the tablet versus his home console screen or whatever it's called in that dock. And then he goes to basketball court and he starts actually playing physical activity. I'm guessing that's Nintendo's way to show you, hey, go out and play too. Don't don't just uh,
1: yeah. They're not completely irresponsible. Company. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so so then it gets dark and the kids sit at the picnic table at the basketball court and they have two switches back to back, and now. They have two Switches back-to-back. There's four kids now at this point. Mm -hmm. Are they playing two-on-two games where two people are using one Switch but playing the other two on the other Switch? Or are they they playing one-on-one games where the one Switch is playing one-on-one and the other Switch is playing one-on-one? Does that make sense?
1: It does. But, I mean, again, it could be be overthinking that a little bit. You know, maybe it's that they're all playing together.
0: Maybe they are, but maybe they aren't. And is that going to be a letdown if they're not? And that's the way I think. It's like... Okay, this looks really cool. I can play a four on four as long as somebody else has a switch, or no, sorry, two on two. W- but then I started thinking, I'm like, well, these two kids are looking at one screen. These two kids are looking at one screen. Maybe they're only playing one on one. Mm-hmm. Right? Explain that better to me, please. Mm-hmm. And I mean that from Nintendo, not from you sitting across from me.
1: I think that the, one of the main issues with the marketing of the, of this product is really. I think it just comes down to that there are a lot of questions. And yeah, if you did some independent Google searches, you wrote down your list of questions and like I'm going to find out the answers to everything I have. But that's then you really, find
0: conflicting answers.
1: That's kind of you find conflicting mm. answers. Number one and number two, um, it, that's really time consuming. So unless you've really like you followed you followed Nintendo at E3, you followed them in every gaming magazine and Their follow the house blogs, event. you know, you follow all this stuff, and it's just like okay, well between all that time and the months that you followed this product, you have a really great sense of what it is. But for the average person, just like, okay, I'm a month or two out from release and I'm kind of interested in buying something, but I'm not really sure if I'm gonna buy it. It's it's kind of a it's a pain in the ass to have to go source out like seven or eight different sources to find out, okay, well all right, I'm making an assumption that based on six, seven articles, this is the product that I'm getting. And that is there that that that's way too um that's asking a lot of the consumer to do all that homework to buy a system and the but it's like if you don't do it and you're making an assumption that the system's gonna do something that it just doesn't then you then, then you're, you're like, let down then you're let down exactly so it's just like they're putting all this responsibility on the buyer to to look, okay well make sure that you. Look up all this information because it isn't, you know, the Switch isn't as simple as I'm buying a new system, has some new games. No, this is like, again, changing the way that you buy things.
0: Would you like to know my answer to make that very simple from Nintendo?
1: What's that?
0: Post YouTube videos of different things this thing can do. A minute, two minutes apart. Uh, Release one every other week or every two weeks. Saying, like, this week you see these kids playing the 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 two-on-two basketball game or whatever with the two Switches back-to-back. Show that. Give give little examples of it if for like a minute video. Why not do that? Why not do that with other features of it? So you know what you're going to get. They're little one-minute videos. Everybody can take a minute to watch a video. I
1: get it, but I also think that's kind of annoying. I think why don't you have... I can't imagine that the, the producers of the system don't have a list of frequently asked questions, of things that they get asked all the time, not by even buyers, but when they're developing the system... They probably have, you know, they probably had all these questions laid out to them by execs because they're going to, you know, and, and people in the marketing group because they're going to want to know, how am I going to sell this product? What it, what's the product to sell? They have to have this list.
0: Well, do you want to know what I think Nintendo's fallback is? You're saying they have this list. Who knows if they do or not? I mean, it, it might be out there. I don't know. But th- what I think Nintendo relies on. And this is going to point us in a new direction of the conversation here is their titles. Their, their, their property, their Mario, their Zelda, their property sells. Bottom line, Smash Brothers, Mario Brothers, Legend of Zelda. Those games sell, and they sell to all ages and all groups. And that's where Nintendo, I think, places their faith and their, their money.
1: Well, they, ha- I mean, it, it, that's absolutely true, but it kind of, I mean, it only worked for the Wii U for a little while. It, it didn't, the titles themselves weren't enough to prevent their huge losses that they had. And that's because you can't rely on 30 year old titles to sell a system for years. You can get big sales at launch, but if you're already starting out selling this product um, at a lower price than what you paid to produce it, like you are setting yourself up for huge losses from the get go, and then you're relying. Okay, well, if I ship out like 10 million units of, um, you know, Legend of Zelda or Mario or Smash Brothers Wii U, then I'm going to make my money back. But again, like that, it, it's you're too reliant on that model. Th- they've actually said that the Switch they're not they're not releasing um, under market value. They're actually going
0: to make a profit on the price point for these systems. Good. Uh, because if they were going to rely on launch titles, I don't, I don't think it would work for them. They got the the one launch title they have that I think is going to sell that system is the Legend of Zelda. Let, let, the other launch titles they have are like the One Two Switch and uh, uh, some other stuff.
1: They're also re-releasing I Am Satsuna for the. For yeah. the um, for the switch, which um, you know, I played for the PS4. It's an okay game. Um, I really loved it for the nostalgia purposes of it. I'm a little surprised that they're promoting this as a as a, as a launch as title. a launch title, just because the game itself is not even a couple. It's going to be. It's almost a year old. It released last July. That's kind of late. It's kind of late. If it was only three months old or less than six months old, I could see it.
0: So th- that's that's my thing. So they have the these subpar and. You know, these new innovative games that they're releasing at launch to, to, to show off what the Switch can do, and I get that. But then, you know, you don't release another Nintendo-esque game, in my opinion, until April, and that's the Mario Kart. And again, this Mario Kart is Mario Kart 8, which was for the Wii U, and they're just saying, you know, calling it deluxe, and I think they're adding battle mode back to it. Um, I think I'm, they're I'm, adding a few new characters to it, too, which yeah. it, which could be nice. Which It could be nice. I but actually you're hated a, Mario, part, uh, Mario Kart, Kart 8. Did but, not like that game at all. Yeah, so they're re-releasing this game essentially, and, and giving you DLC. You, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So it's is is it worth buying the system for a game that's already out for the Wii U?
1: I don't know. And see that that was kind of the problem. So when we um, when the Wii's came out, and Twilight Princess was released for the GameCube, and then they were they were releasing it again for the for the Wii, it was kind of um, like I had just bought Twilight Princess for the GameCube and. Found it incredibly annoying that they, um, you know, they've changed. You know, they've changed different parts of the game to make it a better, you know, an specific experience. But again, like that type of thing is really annoying. So if you're going to change something about the game and re-release it and sell it for full price, um, cut some slack for people who bought the original game. Um, you know, and that goes back to my opinion just about DLC in general. That's exactly kind of what it is. Um, at least, in my opinion. But for the um, the new Zelda game coming out for the Switch, um, I took a couple of previews at it. I, I looked at a couple of videos that I found online of uh, gameplay. Um, that also hits, you know, on launch day. That game <clears throat> looks really difficult, and yeah. I'm not a. Um, I'd like to think I'm a very intelligent player. I like to strategize when I play games.
0: That gets deep. That it gets,
1: gets really deep. deep
0: into it. So, like not wearing any metal. Or you're going to get electrocuted if there's a thunderstorm. That's...
1: It, it takes... A, it has a lot of really intelligent... Um, really intelligent, I guess, Artificial, obstacles yeah. in the game. And I think that's actually great. So you think these game developers have really thought of everything when it comes to what will prevent you from beating this game. And they've I feel like they've thought of everything.
0: See, now... Uh, yeah. Now... The qu- now with that, like even the boomerang mechanics in this game are different. You can throw the boomerang, but to catch it, you have to be able to hit a button at the right time.
1: Yeah, it definitely it, – it, it relies on a lot of motion physics. Um, and again, it's totally realistic. So if you throw a boomerang in real life, it is not just going to – you know, I'm just going to start running away from it. It's going to magically land on my hip yeah. um, and be fine. I'm not going to get hit in the head with it. It's completely realistic. And I'm on the fence of whether I think that's incredibly annoying and, and unnecessarily difficult or if I think that's really genius. So in past all the games that I know that I've played the shit out of, you can literally – you can walk up to an enemy. You can pretty much kill as long as you avoid it attacking you, which they're pretty slow. They're pretty stupid unless they're you know a, a mini boss or a regular boss. They're not really moving around too much. You can kill them quite easily and this new one just from what i've seen you're running around you're killing these little little you know,
0: things or whatever these little
1: things around in the field and they're just regular enemies they're not mini bosses by any means but they're jumping around they're you know if there's multiples of them they're trying to flank you you have to really think about what you're doing in almost every single instance of a battle that you're in and of course some will be easier than others but are you turning all these really little battles into like these huge productions and is that going to, you know, is that prohibitive to really getting through the game? I don't know, because I haven't played it, how much stamina or just patience I have for that.
0: And that's that's my biggest thing, because visually, I think this lo- game looks great. Um, the open-worldness of the, the Zelda game looks awesome. Everything about the game looks great, until... You you de- delve deep into what you need to be able to do to win a battle or to continue the gameplay. Because my biggest thing is storyline. Now, with these little nuances, am I going to die? Because, shit, I forgot I had, had on metal shoelaces and I get struck by lightning <laughs> and I die. Like, is that going to bother me that I can't progress the storyline? Now I got to go back. I got to buy wooden shoelaces. Yes, wooden shoelaces. I... I i'm being uh, what's the word bamboo you know that's flexible flexible fiber i get you yeah i'm i'm pretty sure that you don't have to worry about shoelaces in the game but that's what i'm saying about the game it just goes in these little minute details that you have to keep in your in your head or you're going to pay for it bottom line
1: that's exactly that's exactly what it is so in um just from what i remember from ocarina of time so in to to do different um when you're an adult link to do different temples like if you're in the fire temple you have to you have to get the fire tunic otherwise you're not going to survive the heat you'll gradually lose health and not gradually lose health and to a slow enough rate that you can replenish it and keep going you're going to die if you don't have this tunic if you want to go um you know it's you know things like that that really make a difference now in this game they've really taken that to a completely new level so when you reach the tops of different peaks or different you know areas of the game where your altitude is higher, it gets colder, and you need to find um, either clothing that you know it has cold resistance, or you can even make um, food you something. can make food and to give you a little bit of resistance too. But the, of course, like those you know, they have time limits on them. I don't think every six minutes I'm going to want to be making this thing. Or make 20 of them and just, like, pop them every 20 minutes. I mean, so I'm guessing early on in the game, like, you have to do these really annoying things until you get upgraded items. Um, And, again, I think it's really intelligent because you can't be running around that little green tunic all the time and think, like, oh, I'm protected from all the elements. I could be in, like, sub-20 degree weather, but I'm totally fine or, you know, whatever the case is. Another point in this game is that you, um, it very much relies on the fact that you have to scavenge for everything. Um, between weapons that you know break really frequently early in the game and again I've only seen a couple of different previews but um, so nothing really really deep in the game so I think acquiring um, shields and weapons and things that last a lot longer is going to be some you know a really big relief to a lot of players that are going to find you know scavenging for weapons just kind of again it's really intelligent it's very you know realistic but also really annoying
0: Yeah, Um, like with the weapon breaking and stuff. And even riding the horse thing looks to be a little bit annoying because of certain dismounts you can use. I mean, again, the game mechanics in this are untouchable. uh, I'm going to say in any game series that I've ever played to date for any system, they definitely took that shit to a new level. They did. And whether that new level or not is something I'm willing to accept, we'll have to wait and find out. Yeah.
1: I mean, I'm definitely very. I, I want to play this game. That, that everything that I've seen, even d- despite how um, difficult this game is going to be for me, I still want to play it. So back to like game difficulty. We covered this on another episode at one point about, you know, where we were complaining. Well, I wasn't really complaining about it, but Joe, you were yeah, about was. how difficulty in games nowadays is just not there.
0: But the, here's the question: Is this going to be difficult or just annoying?
1: Difficult or annoying. You have to think about a lot more things if you want to succeed in your, you know, in actually. You can't just run around, kill everything in the board, and then okay, well, I can take my time now to solve this puzzle, and it's fine. You just do something in a kind of methodical fashion. This time, there is a a a lot more thought and a lot more strategy, um, you know, to what was a traditional kind of hack and slash kind of game.
0: I, I I do like that. Uh, But as far as my difficulty in going back to that conversation from whatever week we did it. Difficulty in in older games where like you die, you go back to the beginning of the level and you start over and you got to redo that entire level. And eventually you get good at the level because you got to keep doing it a hundred times and you get the timing down and everything else. Now we're talking about timing. Uh, We're not talking about time. We're talking about I got to put on the right shoes. I got to put on the right vest. But you do. I I got to brush my hair a special way. You know what I mean? You, it's, it, it, That to me is not difficult as long as you, you know what you need. Okay, I died by fire. I know I got to put on the tunic and then go back and do it. Fine. Shit, I forgot metal shoelaces and there's a part in there where I'm going to get struck by lightning. Now I got to do it all over again. You know what? I, I, I think this this is welcoming if that's the case. If it's the case where it's like uh, you got punished, you got punished, but you can keep going. Like, no, um, I think
1: just from um, the one preview I saw, they pretty much said like you will die a lot in this game if you're not thinking about what you're doing before you do it. So even with uh, regular battles or regular enemies, if you dodge um, at the right moment, you get an option to do some kind of flurry like, attack. Or you a can, counterattack. Yeah, somewhere. so you can actually kill the enemy. Um, but if you don't do that, you're, you're, you're extending the life. You're, you're, the life. You're extending the, the time that you're taking in these little battles. So it's like... Um, you're, you, you're not punished for not dodging at the right time, but you are well, in the sense of time.
0: You, well, in the sense of time, and also, again, your weapons break. So now you got to continually do more things with this weapon and increasing the chance it's going to break sooner. So, yeah, you are technically getting a little bit punished. Um, I, I, I want, th- actually, out of all the Zelda games that have come out since the original for the NES, this is the first one that I actually looked at that kind of seems... Cool to me, like I actually want to play it. Uh, the tuning games aside,
1: for shame. Th-
0: yes, I know you're an Ocarina of Time person. I liked Majora's Mask better than Ocarina of Time, uh, from what I've seen. They're
1: close. They're they're close for me. They're both amazing games.
0: But I I haven't really delved into the Legend of Zelda series since the NES version of the game. Uh, and that's not true. I did play Link or or Zelda Two, the, the Link's Adventure, or whatever. The you hell also it was
1: played called. Phantom Hourglass. I know you said but that's aside what I said from the Toon Link. T- yeah,
0: the Toon Link games are, are different. I've played all of those um, up to Spirit Tracks. I don't know if anything came out after that. Uh, but I like the Toon Link games. This is the first Zelda game that I'm actually really interested in giving a shot. That being said, because this is a launch title game. Are you willing to drop the three hundred and sixty seventy dollars for the game and the, and and the console? Yes. Day one. Mm-hmm. So March third, next weekend, I'm going out to buy the system
1: if you can get one.
0: <sighs> get, I'll 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 be able to get. One. Okay,
1: all right. <laughs> you don't think I can get one? Update next. Uh, n- next week's podcast will give you an update <laughs> on whether or not we were able to procure said system and game.
0: Yes, because we did not pre-order it because I did not know what this was going to be about, and I did not know if I was going to buy it. Joe
1: will pre-order games. He never pre-order systems.
0: Yeah, like Final, not Final Fantasy. Uh, uh, uh Kingdom Hearts 1.5 and 2.5 for the PS4. All I don't want to hear about this. I'm just saying I. Didn't pre-order it, but I'm I was thinking done about
1: it. hearing about this title. I'm so <laughs> done. We've covered it on a handful yes, of episodes, I'm but with you. not nearly enough. Is that we've covered it in real life that I've heard day in and day out about this series.
0: <laughs> I'm done. So, I guess next week I will have to go procure a uh, a system. That being said, is there any other games that you're looking forward to for the system launch day?
1: On launch, no. There's it's just this one for me. Um, but next week, if we are able to get the system, we will give you our first thoughts on the system and we'll give you our first thoughts, um, with actual gameplay on, um, Breath of the Wild for, uh, Legend of Zelda. And, you know, we'll see from there. But, uh, ne- if we don't get the system, I have no idea what the topic is going to be next week. So that will be to be, uh, that'll be, uh, determined at a later time.
0: So do you think this system's going to beat out you, you, for your favorite Nintendo system, your uh, GameCube or whatever it is you love so much, your 64? My
1: 64. That would be my favorite system just because – you know, I grew up with that system. Um, not my favorite system overall. If we're talking just Nintendo, if I had to rank them, my favorite would be um, the Nintendo 64 followed by the SNES followed by the Wii. Um maybe uh GameCube and Wii U are kind of neck and neck for me and I've never really played uh so this is probably just completely blasphemous but I guess the the first you know Nintendo system the NES would be on the bottom for me
0: and we're only doing home- you're only talking home consoles, not including the mobile units no, like I'm not 3DS. even covering
1: the um the mobile ones, but if i had to estimate where I think the switch is going to fall
0: mm-hmm.
1: it won't beat sixty four for me It just won't just based on how strongly I have like a nostalgic tie to it. it might end up number three if it's you know I'm hoping that it's a really really good system. it might beat the Wii for me
0: okay. So you? if I had a rank them, mine would be the NES, then the SNES, because I grew up on those two, and that's Mortal Kombat, uh, <laughs> Mario Brothers, and, and everything else. Then I'll have to go the Wii over the GameCube and 64. I never had those. I never had a desire to even own them. Oh. Uh, how I, Then I would have to go with the Nintendo 64. Because I played, uh, uh, what is that game with James Bond? 007 on that. That was for that one, right? Goldeneye. Yes. And I love that game, and I love the Mario Kart for that. But what about
1: Banjo-Kazooie? Never played it. That's an amazing game. Yeah.
0: And then I'm going to have to go probably the GameCube, even though I never played it over the Wii U. And then the Wii U last. Because the only game for the Wii U that I actually care about is Smash Brothers. And that, to me, a, a system is not worth one game. That's just my I opinion. would
1: agree. I would definitely agree with that.
0: So where do I think the Nintendo Switch will fit in here? My guess is right around the same thing right around the same with the Wii. Uh, but we'll see. It'll probably it might even rank higher than 64 in GameCube. But but we'll, we'll find out. <laughs> but as of right now, I'm going to have to put it on par with the Wii. Anything else you'd like to mention?
1: No, I think I'm good.
0: Then we'll wrap this up. Anything you want to promote?
1: Uh, Not especially, but um, if you want to visit our website, www.nerdcaster.com, follow us on Facebook, on facebook.com slash nerdcaster, on Twitter, nerd underscore underscore caster, on Instagram at nerdcaster, and um, feel free to give us an email at hello at nerdcaster.com, and also subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Stitcher. Google Play. Google Play. um, Or you can just listen to our podcast episodes right on our website. Um, Joe? Uh,
0: I ain't got nothing else. I think you hit all the points there. Uh, Feel free to leave us a review on iTunes if it's good. And that that being said, Nerdcaster out. (laughs)